Good morning. Welcome to Bare Naked Worship. My name is Donna, and I am really happy to be here this morning with you. <clears throat> well, it's Sunday, and I've always loved Sunday. It's one of my favorite days of the year. But I remember when Sunday used to just fill me with dread. I was a little girl, and we were always moving around, and Sunday meant that the next day, Monday, was the day to go back to school. And I um, really was very shy as a young girl, not so much as a teenager and, and an adult, but as a little girl, young girl, I was pretty shy. And I really dreaded Mondays because I didn't want to have to leave my mom, who I was very close to, and have to get on the bus or in the car or walk, whatever, whichever way it was, to go to school, to go back to school. <coughs> Excuse me. And so sometimes I've still felt that way. I'm sure everybody has at times felt that way about having to go back to work after vacation or even after a few days off and then you got to go back into the work week. And but that's how it was for me when I was a little girl going back to school. I just would Sunday nights would be very depressing. And I remember that when I was a little girl and we went to church all the time. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. I would um, start being depressed around. We used to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And Sunday night would be bittersweet because I enjoyed church and I enjoyed going to my uh, group, you know, our youth group. But then when the time was coming for it to be over and having time to go home, I would just get that familiar, depressed feeling. Because I didn't want to have to leave the weekend with my parents and my sisters and have to go back to school. So when I was a little girl, I remember... That, I, that was back when we had individual desks, you know, and each person had their own little desk, you know, with a place in the bottom for your books. <clears throat> and I would pretend that the desk was my own little house, and I would imagine what my own little house was like and, you know, that I was going to my little house when I would come to school. And I daydreamed a lot because... It helped me to feel less alone at school. <clears throat> Sometimes I was overwhelmed at school with just the different people and some of the um, more outgoing classmates. And I didn't remember all of these things until I had children of my own and one of my daughters has suffered from anxiety. And I remember that when she was in high school, it was similar. It was hard for her to go and just to be around people and face people. God helped her get through that in many ways, but it was just a struggle sometimes, you know, just like it was for me. And so what God has taught me through those things is that we, when we are facing life, our job, our home, our family, um, stresses. But when we're facing that with Him by our side and with Him leading the way, it really does help with the anxiety and the dread because He is our closest friend. 
He's the one that loves us more than a family member. He loves us more than our husband or wife can love us. He loves us more than our dearest friend. He loves us more than our parents do. And he loves us more than our children do. He just loves us so much. The love of God is an incomparable thing. You know, we can be in relationship. We are in relationship with one another. Whether it's friendship or uh, partnership. We're in relationship with other human beings. And some of us are afraid to open up in relationship because we've been hurt in the past. Some of us are totally open because we've been um, in relationship that has given us that freedom and that safety and that peace of mind. But regardless of how we are in relationship with other people, our relationship with God, our maker, is unique. Because God is the only person who truly knows every single thing about us and still loves us unconditionally. Have you ever thought about that? I, it, it just boggles my mind to think about the fact that, you know, there, we, we all have secrets. And if someone says they don't have secrets, they're just not, that's a secret. That they're not telling you the truth because we all, by human nature, we all have secrets. They might not be bad secrets and they may not be big secrets, but we all have secrets. If nothing else, we all have a secret self, a little part of us that we do not necessarily want to show to everyone around, everyone in the world. Like a husband and a wife, they may have been 100% totally open and honest with one another, but they may not want to share who they are that openly with their neighbor or with their children or with their in-laws or their co-workers because we all have secrets. We all have bits and pieces of ourselves that we don't feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable and to expose to the whole world. But you see, God knows all of our secrets. He knows every part of us. The Bible says that he knows us from the inside out. He knit us together and he, he brought our inward parts and knit them together. He knows everything about us. He knows our every thought. I listened to a podcast yesterday on the way home from work. I think it was Joyce Meyer. And she was saying that God knows our every word before we ever speak it. God knows right now. He knows every word that we are ever going to speak before we even speak it. It's just, I can't even imagine or fathom that kind of comprehensive knowledge about us, about me, that God knows. He knows the, he knows the condition of our hearts. He knows the actions that we take. Some people see the actions that we make outwardly, but God knows even the motivation for those outward actions. You see, God <clears throat> He loves us and he formed us out of clay and when he formed us he knew right then and there what we were going to be thinking every day from the moment that we became conscious 
the moment we opened our eyes and became alive and birthed into this world, all the way through until the last breath that we draw on this earth, He knows us. He knows us completely. And that's awesome. But more awesome is the fact that He loves us. He knows us. He knows exactly what makes us tick. He knows exactly who we are. And He loves us. And He doesn't just love us conditionally. We love each other conditionally. You know, I love you if you make me feel good. I love you if you tell me things that make me happy. I love you if you're nice to me. I love you if you care about me. I love you if you're if you compliment me. I love you if you love me. But God loves us as if I read a thing when I was in ninth grade. <clears throat> I was at the Middletown Freshman High School in Middletown, Ohio, and they had and at the school they had this sundial and they had these words carved into it and it said God loves each one of us as if there were only one of us and I've never forgotten that I'm 60 years old and all these years I've always remembered God loves each one of us as if there were only one of us if I was the only person in the universe God would love and cherish me. But with all the people in the universe, the millions and trillions, or however many people there are, so for those of you who are into research, how many people live in the world today? How many people exist on the universe today? Well, however many that is, because I'm not that into research, but however many that is, God loves each one of us as if we were the only one in the entire universe. He knows our ups. He knows our downs. He knows our rising up and our sleeping. He knows our thoughts. He knows our hearts. He knows what we want, what we long for, and he knows what we don't really care about. God loves us. You know, there are times that I struggle with depression. And I think that um, this is a a genetic thing in my family because a lot of my family struggles with depression. Off and on, some more than others, some get the joy of anxiety thrown in with depression. But I, I think every person in my family has been touched in one way or another by depression. And depression can be really tough, I mean, You know, the worst depression, I think, is the depression that comes along when everything else is good in your life. And outwardly, it looks like you should be on top of the world. You know, money's great. Your family's great. Your kids are great. Your husband or wife is great. Life's just great. Your job is great. Your your, um, purpose is great. But, you know, you wake up in the middle of all that greatness and you feel alone. And you feel defeated and you feel hopeless and you feel helpless. And honestly, quite frankly, sometimes you just feel like giving up. So that has touched my family. And other families have other issues, you know, but that's the one that, one of the ones that has really touched my family. And I'm grateful 
that our mother led each one of us, me and my sisters, to the Lord years ago when we were children because that is our, that's my comfort. I lean on God. A friend of mine once said, you use God as a crutch. And I said, well, thank God for himself and for being such an amazing crutch. If I do use God as a crutch and if I have to have God as a crutch, well, I'm certainly glad that he's the crutch that I chose. I don't, I don't see myself using God as a crutch, but if I do, more power to me because what an amazing crutch he is. I mean, how much better can you get? He doesn't ask for anything. He just wants me to love him. He just wants me to care about him, but he would love me even if I didn't. You know, he loves us when we've turned our backs on him. Did you know that you can, you can start out loving God and life happens, you know, something comes along and you get disillusioned or you get thrown off course and you just wake up one day and it's just not the same and you just don't really love him as passionately as once you did or um, you just, as you once did, you, you just, something's off a little bit. Well, here's the joy. The joyful news is that God doesn't change. He doesn't waver. He's not double-minded. He doesn't love you one day because you're doing everything right, and then the next day he withholds his love because you messed up. You screwed up. I'm not going to love you anymore, or I'm not going to love you the way I did, or I'm not going to love you unless you meet these conditions. You know what? God loves us. And as a part of the Christian faith, um, we are taught that we are supposed to ask Jesus to accept us and to come into our hearts and lives. Some people don't believe that. I do. And I think this is the most magnificent part, that whether we do or whether we don't, God's love is unchanged for us. He Gosh, he, he's in love with us. And the very, very happiest and best and truest moments of my life are the moments when I realize that I'm also in love with him. Joyce Meyer says, she's, she says, I don't just love Jesus. I'm in love with Jesus. She says, I'm passionate about him. I love him. I am in love with him. And I know what she means because I'm in love with Jesus too. And I just feel the presence of Almighty God wrapping itself around me, being my shield, being my shawl, being my covering. <clears throat> he just is so magnificent and good. We can't really ever fathom the goodness of God while we are in these finite human bodies with our tiny little minds and our, our hungry little souls. We can't, cannot really fathom the enormity of such a uh, of such a God. He is too big for us. The Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are bigger than our thoughts. We cannot see him the way he really is. We only get a glimpse. Joyce Meyer also talks about that this life that we're living is a down payment on the, the bigger life that we're going to live with him in, when we go to heaven and when we, when we have ended our time on this plane and on this earth and we're living with him in, the, in eternity, we, we just cannot imagine, we can't comprehend it. 
we've got these puny little walnut-shaped, walnut-sized brains, and they're just not big enough to comprehend all that he is and all that he has for us and all that he wants for us. I don't know where you are today or what is happening in your world today. I say this on pretty much every podcast because it's true. I don't even know if you are listening or if I'm speaking to the air, but I do know that I'm being faithful to what God has called me to do, which is to share and to communicate His love to you, His love for me to you, His love for you to you, His love for us to you. That is what he's called me to do, is to communicate. God's gift to me was the gift for love of communication. And God's call to me has been, for as long as I've been able to do it, to communicate. I love communication. I love when people engage with one another. I love when people connect. I love when those mental sparks are flying and you are clicking on all four cylinders or six cylinders, eight cylinders. I don't really understand cylinders. But I love when you you can sometimes feel it when you're like just kind of clicking with someone and, and you just realize, you know what, she gets me. I get her. He gets me. I get him. We get each other. We are clicking along on the same frequency, on the same vibe. And that's the part about being a Christian that floods my heart with joy Every time I think about it, I realize that God gets me, and I'm trying to get him. I'm not able to fully because I'm just a human, but he gets me. He gets who I am. He gets who you are. So I don't know where you are today, but God does because he gets you. He knows you. He sees you inside out. You know, you might be alone and happy. You might be alone and lonely. You might be surrounded by people and lonely. You may be surrounded by people and happy. I don't know. I don't have to know because it doesn't matter what I know. I can't reach over and reach into your life and give you what you need or what you want, what you hope for. But God, Almighty God can, and He wants to. He waits for you to invite Him in. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force Himself in. He's not going to stand there and push you to love him. He's never going to push you to accept him. God is who he is. He's offered everything that he is to you. He's offered everything that he is to me, but he's a gentleman. He's not going to come up and say, Nat, I'm demanding that you fall in love with me, sir, and I want you to give me your life. He's never, ever going to do that. But what he will do is he will gently and lovingly woo you to himself, you know, he'll, he'll say, you know what, I'm not picking on you, Nat, if you're listening to this, I know you're one of the few that listens to my podcast, but he'll say this, Nat, I love you, and I remember that your back was hurting, and so I'm going to do something today that's going to make your back feel better, maybe I'm going to, you know, something, the ibuprofen's going to work extra well today, or, you know what, you're going to go through Atlanta, and Donna or Caroline, somebody's going to be around. They're just going to say, hey, let's go have lunch or let's go have dinner or let's just hang out. Or you're going to, I mean, he's just got ways to show you that he cares, that he gets, that he sees what's going on in your life. Same for all of us. You know, 
um, my beautiful, amazing mother, who's my best friend, along with my three daughters. Those are the four best friends of my life, are my mother and my three daughters. They're my very best friends. And also, my sisters are also my very best friends. But <clears throat> the first and foremost of my best friends is my mom and my daughters, because they love me, and I'm telling you the truth, my, uh, my sisters do too, but I'm just saying that I know that no matter what I do, my sweet mom, my mother, mama, she is going to see the best in me. She is going to make excuses for me. She's going to love me unconditionally to the best of her ability as a human. It doesn't measure up to what God does, because none of us do, but it's the closest to it that I know and my children oh my gosh my daughters they love me so much that it's like I just I'm intoxicated with their love for me I don't need to drink alcohol or smoke pot or take drugs because the love that my three daughters has for me is intoxicating let me tell you something when someone loves you so much that when you're around them you are the best that you can possibly be and when they love you so much that when you're around them and even when you're not around them they just I mean you feel like you're the you're just the cat's meow you're the best they make me feel so great about myself y'all those three girls I just honestly I sometimes sit and cry because it's just from sheer joy because these girls they love their mama and of course their mama loves them <laughs> I am crazy about my daughters. I'm so in love with Zoe, Chloe, and Caroline that it's just, I, I don't even have words for it. I love everything about them. Even when we're in arguments, I love them. You know what happens? When we're in arguments and they're mad at me, I'll get, I can get really mad at them and they can get really mad at me just because we're human, you know? But I can tell you this, even when my children are angry or upset, which is very rare, but even when they are, I get something out of it. I learn something from it because I know how much they love me. So even if you know, we're having an argument, you know that even if I can't let them see it right that second, it sinks into my awareness, my consciousness, and I learn every single time because I know the nature of my daughters and I know that they love me so much. I know that 24-7 they love their mom, they love their mama. So if there's something they're upset with me about, it's something I need to look at. I need to pay attention to it because the nature of my daughters is that they love me. So what they do is love me. The times that we are not in community, the times that we don't agree, see eye to eye on things, that's the exception to the rule. Dr. Stanley, Dr. Charles Stanley said this in a sermon once when I was back in nursing school. He said, for a Christian, for a believer, he said, when you're a believer and you fall off the wagon, you, 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 uh, you say something wrong, you do something wrong, you sin against your family, your God, you know, you're a believer and you make a mistake. He said, you, you need to remember that the mistake, that's not who you are. That's just, that's just a blip. That's just a something that happened. But that's not who you are. Who you are is not the mistake. Who you are is the person whose heart 
wants to do right and wants to live right and wants to be right. That's who you are. And when you make a mistake, you just make a mistake. And you get back up again and you just and you get back in the get back in the saddle, cowgirl. Get back in the saddle, cowboy. Get back in the saddle and try and and get back on track. Because who we are are not the mistakes. We're not the sum of our mistakes. We're the sum of who we are and mistakes happen along the way. But you know, I always try to encourage on every podcast, I always try to let people know that it is not it is not bad or wrong for us to make mistakes. It's just part of who we are as human beings. But we get back up again, you know? And so when my children are upset or something, I don't take that and think, oh my gosh, they don't love me anymore. And I'm a horrible mother. And oh, I've failed at being a mom. No, I have not. The one thing in my life that I have not failed at, in my opinion, is motherhood. That's the one thing that when I leave this earth, I will not regret. I will leave this earth with few regrets. I've loved my three daughters to the best of my ability. That does not mean that I have been a perfect mother. It does not mean that I have never made mistakes with my beautiful daughters. I have made so many mistakes with them. I haven't made the money or kept the money or organized the money or managed the money in my life. We could have had so much more materially than what we've had because I didn't make money the priority that I probably should have in some ways. So I've made a lot of mistakes with my three daughters, but I won't have, but I don't have regrets. You know why? Because a long, long time ago, what I decided was that no matter what else happened in my raising of these girls, they would always know that their mother loves them as unconditionally as she possibly can. And I know that 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 that's one thing my daughters do understand. They know that I love them. They get that. And I know that they love me. And we all know that God loves us. Look, I just happened to glance down at the clock and realize that this is a very long podcast today. And I've probably um, overwhelmed your ears at this point. But I just wanted to get that across to you that you are loved this morning no matter where you are in your life, no matter what's happening, you are really, really loved by God. And whether you love God or not, He loves you. He cares about you. When you come to the point in your life where you just really need someone, you just don't want to be alone anymore, He is there. He's there. And He loves you and He cares about you. And He's just waiting for you to invite Him in to your heart, to your life. And you know what? For anyone who watches or, or listens to the podcast and you don't believe in God, I, I can only say this. Take what works for you in the podcast and, 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 just, and just leave the rest. But there might be something in the podcast that reaches out to you and lets you know that, you know what? Someone on this earth loves you and cares about you and And if you can't see it as God, see it as the people in your life, the other people in your life that you love and that love you. So let's say a quick prayer. I want to say a prayer for you. Father, this is a brand spanking new day. It is Sunday. Fun day, Sunday, Sunday, fun day. I love Sunday. And I just pray, Lord, that today 
whoever does listen to this podcast, Father, that you will bless them. You will just give them a special hug today. Father, that today something great will happen. Something wonderful, magical will happen, and they will know that it came from you. That it's so extraordinary, it had to come from you, Almighty God. Lord, I pray for the work day for whoever's working today. I'm working today. (laughs) And I pray for a great day today. I pray for a relaxing day in some ways. My body's tired at the on the third day of the work week for me, the when I'm starting the last twelve of thirty-six or forty hours, I'm tired. My body aches. I'm sixty years old. <laughs> I wanna go home and go back to bed and pull up the covers and sleep for a little while longer. Maybe wake up from time to time and read a book. I just am tired. I feel the physical tiredness this morning. But I also am thrilled that you have given me the opportunity to work and to be able to minister to my clients and my and my coworkers. And Father, that you have said, okay, I chose this morning on, what is this, September 20th, 2020, or 2020, I chose to give you life. One more day you woke up this morning, Donna, and I breathed breath into your lungs and I allowed you to wake up. I am so incredibly grateful just to be alive on this earth. You know, we we get worried sometimes. I don't have enough money for this. I don't have enough money for that. So what? We are going to make it through. We're not going to collapse. We're going to have enough money to, to live on. We're going to have enough money to eat. We're going to have enough money to pay our bills. We don't maybe think we are but we always find a way to pull it through don't we we always find a way and so God we just thank you for helping us to find a way to find our way today we love you we praise you father I just thank you for who you are and I pray special blessings for anyone and everyone who listens to the podcast I love you you are awesome and thank you Lord in Jesus name We pray, amen.